Orale, bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP podcast. Como estamos, everybody? It is Wednesday night. It is on. It is on like Donkey Kong. We are live on YouTube. Please make sure to give us a like and subscribe, Familia. And uh, you can find me at Jorge Martin 17. Also, Familia, this is our second show since the big announcement. Um, we're now part of Fantasy Points Media Group. So please. Boop, make- boop, 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 boop. Yes, when you're on, uh, when you go to fantasypoints.com, put in Familia, Familia 22 and 20, Familia 22, and you'll get a nice, nice little discount. But oh, I, I, I'm fired up. I'm fired up, Familia, because. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep these shows really nice and timely during the off season, And this one is timely. And I've got two of my buen amigos who are ready to rock and roll on some NFL combine. So leading off today, straight out of Maryland, te lo digo, you know, he is, you know, you all know him as at Herms NFL. And his is one of those voices that should be shouting from the heavens at any ball game or doing a radio promo on the commercial. He's the host of the lateral podcast at lateral at the lateral FF, which I had the pleasure of being a guest on recently. And he's also one of the, he's an editor. He's a podcast editor for fantasy pros. Uh, he's written for fantasy pros and other sites. He's a multi-talented musician who writes his own intro music. So he is a five tool player in the fantasy space. Bienvenido to mi amigo Herms. Como estamos baby? <laughs> Hola! Yes, oh, we buenas, got the, hermanos. Sí. We, oh, we got the kazoo. The kazoo is in oh, the house. I have oh, a kazoo man. too, but I'm terrible at it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, now the man in the middle, you know, it's not just Michael Jackson from the late 80s. I'm telling you right now, he is more Mexican than some of my family members. At the very least, Vámonos. he speaks more Spanish. At the very least, he speaks more, more Spanish than them. He's been all over the combine, the NFL combine coverage for fantasy pros, and he is another leading voice in the fantasy industry. He is the co-host of Chalk Blocked. He is the host, El Solo, of Hot Routes with the King of Spice. On the side, he created Big Time Flavor Co., which has some of the tastiest and most popular hot sauce ingredients, spices throughout the fantasy industry. Get Just ask Field Yates of ESPN. Yep, he is El Señor Picante. So, bienvenido. Straight out of NorCal, Bo McBrayer. ¿Cómo estamos, mi amigo? Estoy muy, muy, muy bueno. Estoy felicidades. Felicidades de juntar este sitio otra vez. Gracias, amigo. Gracias, compa. Está muy emocionante hoy. Un gran, un gran placer. Un gran, gran placer, placer, te lo digo. Te, uh, oh. Oh, un, gran, hey. eh, un gran éxito. We're excited tonight, Herms. We are excited tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got it all. So we're going to get into the, we're going to get in the combine coverage in a little bit. But I, but uh, mis amigos, I wanted to kind of start things off with an individual question for each one of you for because each of you has a unique perspective for each of those. So Herms, we've had a lot of movement about uh, quarterbacks in the last couple of days, movement, some nov movement, but, and we're going to get into that in a second, but I wanted to ask you a question about your beloved Steelers. 
so so you're following the team leaves much more closely than than casual observer than even avid fan avid nfl fans and fantasy fan, fantasy players do you have next week is free agency so monday through monday through wednesday they may have a new quarterback for for the steelers they may wait for the draft do you have any kind of idea which way they're going to be going so, I mean, the only things I can really be confident about saying generally would be uh, it's a small handful of things. One, Mike Tomlin has expressed that he really wants the next quarterback of the future to be a guy a little more mobile. That's something that he has come out and said. And I think he's you know talked about privately in you know meetings with the GM and whatnot as well. Um, but what kind of makes it a little complicated in terms of what they're going to do is like I know like our GM is about to retire, but like they have this plan in place that he's going to like stick around through the draft. And then they're going to have just like two passing ships. And so I don't, I don't know how much influence the new dude's going to have. So, I mean, but as far as I'm aware, like they have a specific type of player that they're really looking for. Um, I know that, you know, just being a Steelers fan for my entire life, they're pretty open about the guys they like, you know what I mean? They don't play a lot of head games. Uh, think about this time last year. Everybody was like, oh, I wonder if they're interested in Najee Harris. And the Steelers are like, uh, yeah, we're interested in Najee Harris. So, I mean, a lot of what I heard uh, around the Senior Bowl, um, they were they were enamored with uh, Liberty quarterback Malik Willis. That's something that they, you know, and some people are just like, oh, is it a smokescreen? I don't know. It's like, dude, like, it's the Steelers. Like, they don't play games. You know what I mean? It's just like, so if, if that ends up being the case, I would assume that means they really want Malik Willis from Liberty. Now, I mean, they could go a couple different directions. What I'm really hoping that they do is find a way to just have like a veteran come in on a one-year deal, bridge it for maybe six games or something, then hand it over to the new kid. But I mean, I don't know. It really seems like they're okay with a couple of people in this class. I've heard rumblings that like maybe they're like down with like Kenny Pickett a little bit, but I mean, dude, I don't know. I, I have who I have my preferences that, but that's not the question. <laughs> So I mean, as far as I'm aware, they're they're pretty transparent that they like Malik Willis. So, Do you, is there a free agent you'd like to see? Okay, so my dream combination of all these things. Uh, yeah, great. If I was going to go veteran free agent, I would just hand it to I would just hand it to Jameis Winston for a few games. But I have a strong feeling he's probably going to go back to New Orleans with everything you know going on down there. You know, they're undergoing so many changes as it is that. Perhaps that continuity uh, continuity would be something good for them. Um, so I mean, if he's available, great. If not, uh, I I don't know, man. Like Tyrod Taylor seems to be pretty good at being the veteran for a few games and then handing it over to a new guy. <laughs> the recent track record of those guys is pretty good. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't be opposed to that just because I mean, you have to think about the fact like our offensive line is still bad. Uh, you know, whoever the next person is, they're going to have to be really good at just kicking it out and doing some stuff on the outside. So. He, he would do a fine job for, you know, a few games, but I kind of really like Matt Corral. <laughs> that's kind of who I want it to be. Uh, that's it could be, I don't know. Like, I just feel like in, because a, a lot of the quarterbacks, they have things that are good about them, but they all lack similar things in terms of, you know, decision-making and all this other stuff. But like Corral, despite being like a little bit smaller, I like what he can do with RPOs. And I also think of everybody, he really just has like that mental fortitude to really be able to do all of that the best of these guys. And I don't know. I, I think he would look great. And plus, I've said it multiple times. I've tweeted it out. How cool would it be in like games with like alternate uniforms if the Steelers come out in all gold and we get Golden Corral? 
Just saying. Just saying. Buffet. Whoa, I didn't belly see that up, one. Yeah, belly up to that buffet table, baby. <laughs> I did not see that one coming. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Bo, I know uh, I won't ask you about the Dallas Cowboys because I think they're okay as far as uh, their quarterback situation. So I think they were fine. the only NFC East team to not pursue Russell Wilson. Whoa. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> Well, thankfully, they have a guy who can, uh, you know, get in the ring with him and be okay. Uh, but you also you also have an allegiance to the Oregon Ducks. And yep. Marcus Mariota, 2014 Heisman Trophy winner. He is coming up uh, as a free agent. He's been a, been a backup for the Raiders a couple of years. Can you see where he could end up uh, as, po- as potentially a starter? <laughs> Pittsburgh. I mean, to be to be fair, I mean, we're talking about a guy with mobility, with size, with yeah. playoff experience. Um, the the knocks on him have been his decision making and his arm strength. He does have elbow injury history, but he looked amazing in in Las Vegas when Derek Carr was out with a groin injury. He put up huge numbers. He helped them win games, and he's the only guy I've ever seen throw a touchdown pass to himself in a playoff game. Um, which might come in handy with the offensive line problems they have there in Pittsburgh. Um, And I can also see like, there's so many moving parts right now where a lot, like I predicted that Russell Wilson would get traded this off season. Everybody, including uh, Seattle beat writers that cover the damn team were telling me I'm crazy. There's no chance. And I just have to say that I was right and you were wrong. So stick it. And and it's going to come down to when everything settles here, every team, there's going to be seven to eight teams with new quarterbacks on week one kickoff. So it's going to, there's still a lot of movement to settle. The Steelers need a quarterback. The Saints need a quarterback. The Tampa Bay Bucks need a quarterback. I think that if the, if Deshaun Watson is not, still not a clear shot for playing in 22, then you're going to have a lot of these teams kind of settle for those next level starters like uh, Carson Wentz, which he dropped today on a stupid trade, a loss for both teams. Um, But, but we're talking about guys like Jimmy Garoppolo who don't deserve starting shots, getting another starting shot. We're talking about Marcus Mariota getting another shot at being a starter. We're talking about a lot of guys that are just going to set the teams are going to settle for because the quarterback class in this draft is full of guys who are not ready to start at this level for the, for their rookie season. Very simply put, none of these guys are the same guys like, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or anybody that you've seen taken in the top half of the first round of the draft that were ready to start week one. And we all clamored for them. Even if they didn't get the start, we were mad that they didn't get the start. Like Justin Fields, him not starting over Andy Dalton. It didn't matter if he was ready or not. We wanted him to start week one. None of these guys in 20 in the 22 class are guys that we're going to be just digging like at the teams to start week one. It's just not that kind of class. So a lot of these teams are going to end up holding the bag with quarterbacks that are, again, bridge quarterbacks that nobody really wants to see start again, but it's going to happen. It it, it really is going to be amazing. I mean, somebody – there will be a couple of long-term starters coming out of this this draft, whether they're going to be Pro Bowl players or anything like that. <clears throat> I don't know. And, and and so much you know depends on the landing spot. I mean, who – Mac Jones – going to go in there but uh how many of the year two quarterbacks uh, 
have new coaching staffs that they're basically going to start over with. Um, and heck, who who thought Davis Mills would be able to, you know, come out and be one of the better court, better rookie quarterbacks last year? But you know, he had a pretty good coach and pet. And you know, he was the most improved prospect from college to the pros that I saw. Uh, a lot of guys made strides. Like Zach Wilson was probably the second most improved over his rookie season from when he started. Mm-hmm. But Davis Mills. From what I saw out of all the games I watched, I watched all the Pac-12 games, I didn't see it from him at Stanford. I didn't see it. I didn't see Davis Mills turning it around and being a successful professional quarterback, especially as a rookie for a team that was a complete dumpster fire. He was a shining light on a horrible team with no direction at all. But this random guy that I didn't even think too highly of coming out of Stanford is the guy that makes all these strides as a quarterback in his first season. So no, nobody saw that coming. That was a pecan take if I ever heard one right there. And muchas gracias to our friend Craig Ruth, Rado Heat, also known as Rado Heat Craig. ¿Cómo estamos, baby? Straight out of Wisconsin. <laughs> Gotta love it. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for chiming in. Muchas gracias. So uh so let's talk about a little bit about the quarterback musical chairs. Uh Bo, you, you you've got a little uh up close and personal experience with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you got got to uh, share share a cold one with him way back when in your NorCal NorCal early NorCal days. Uh, start off with you. Any surprises that he went back? No, I mean it. It really came down to there or Denver. They they threw in a couple extra teams that he was interested in if they were going to trade him, but he wanted to be with Nathaniel Hackett in Denver or he wanted to be back home in Green Bay. He was just waiting on Green Bay to come to the table for the first time in about five years to give him what he deserves. And I think that this giant contract that he's signing is more of a, uh, I'm sorry, we screwed up, and this is us making up for it and and admitting we were wrong for trading up for Jordan Love and not drafting any weapons for three straight years while you were in the twilight of your career, supposedly. And they're they're in makeup time right now because if they wanted to keep green, if they wanted to keep Devontae Adams happy, they were going to have to make this kind of offer to Aaron Rodgers, which, to be honest, is really team friendly for this first season so they can get under the cap. It's all signing bonus. So that's the reason why he's getting so much guaranteed money is so they can afford to build a damn team around him for 22 and give that year 18 that he's been clamoring about something to play for because otherwise they'd be in a full rebuild. Unbelievable. I, I mean, and speaking of rebuilds, I mean, Herms, would you trade Jordan Love right now if you were the Packers? I mean, yes and no. I mean, okay. So like the, the, the case for doing it is like, well, I mean, we were kind of just talking about it. Like the landscape of quarterback is kind of weird right now. And the demand does not exactly line up super well with the supply, unfortunately. So we are going to see teams just, you know, take gambles on whatever is out there. And, you know, we're not that far removed from him being a first round pick, whether or not he deserved to be. I don't know. I'm not going to make that. We had that discussion years ago. I'm not going to do, but either way, some team could look at that and be like, okay, like first round talent, whatever, super cool. Like, I don't know, maybe take a chance on a young guy. We'll see. But then the kind of case against it is like, well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't necessarily getting any younger. And like, no matter how long this contract is, like Jordan Love is incredibly young. His cap hit is nothing. They're not saving anything by moving on. You know what I mean? So like, I don't keep him around, do whatever, you know, like you just continue to develop it. Like, I know, like 
former Brett Favre backups used to do this kind of thing where like they'd sit yes. around and do whatever, go somewhere else, you know, like, I don't know, keep the tradition going. So it's like, I mean, they don't, it's, it's a negligible difference. The only thing I do know is that um, I think the Colts GM perhaps was interested in Jordan Love back in the day. So I mean, like, I don't know. Keep your eyes on that one, but I don't want to jump too far ahead. You know, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it would take a godfather offer to get the Packers to move him because there really isn't any impetus for them to move him. At this stage, he's a valuable backup. And unless the team is completely desperate, they're not trading for a guy they haven't really seen on an NFL football field that's going to cost them a lot of capital. And the Packers aren't going to let him go for less than a lot of capital because they've pretty much burned everything on everybody else on the team. So why not sit tight with a guy, let him keep learning behind one of the greatest of all times and, and let him develop and be something that's of value later. It's, it's not like they're on the clock with this guy. He's, he's basically just sitting there earning checks and should the time come to where they, they don't have Aaron Rodgers available for whatever reason, they have a valuable backup that doesn't cost them anything and that understands the system. The LaFleur system is very complicated. They don't want to stir that pot. No, I, I hear you on that one. I hear you on that one. Yeah, I hope uh, – there's a part of me that hopes that he gets traded. Just be, I, and, and Herms, I hadn't thought about that, the Colts, uh, up until the, the news item that we're going to talk about in, uh, in, in a minute, but uh, which you have very in, unique insight to because of your geographic location. But before we get into that yesterday, I mean, by the way, Familia, this is our chisme section. Uh, chisme being gossip in Spanish. So this is why we always talk about, uh, we always call our news segment uh, chisme. Russell Wilson is now a Denver Bronco. It was really, I don't know, for me, kind of it shook me because I was driving at the time. And, you know, it's like during that, during the, my drive, Aaron Rodgers decides to stay and Russell Wilson decides to stay. So thank you, LA Traffic, for that. Uh, that and Russell Wilson gets traded. So I, I, I tell you, that one was, uh, that really caught me off guard. To see him go to the, to the Broncos, I mean, it, I don't know if he's he can be better considering that he left behind a couple of really good prospects, uh, really good receivers, and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But looking at inheriting a, a group that is headed by Jerry Judy and and Cortland Sutton, you also got KJ Hamler, Albert O. I'm not going to try and say his last name. Tim Patrick, those guys, and Javante Williams uh, coming out of the backfield. It's a really talented group of skilled players. It, is the which one of these guys could be a breakout or even a value uh, considering you, you get such a big upgrade Herms, where do you, which one do you think? I mean, I don't, it really depends on exactly how excited people get about Albert Aquavignam, because if people go too high, then it's going to be like, ah, well, the cat's already out of the bag. Dang it. Okay. So like that remains to be seen. We're going to have to, I'll, I'll save that as we get, you know, closer and, you know, into the summer, that might be it. But at least as far as the receivers go, it's, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell. Cause I mean, he hasn't really played with any of them, but I mean, I get dude, Something about KJ Hamler and just like his ability to just like explode down the field and do all that stuff. Yes. Like he's the closest thing of all of them he's gonna have to a Tyler Lockett, perhaps. So I mean, also could be Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick has shown a penchant for being able to make those big plays as well. So I mean, it, it's very 
difficult for me to decide at this point, but if there's one thing I know for certain, uh, this is pretty big for Jerry Judy. You know what I mean? Like with it, and also somewhat of a make or break because so far in his career, like, yes, we understand he's been dealt somewhat of a bad hand in terms of the quarterbacks he's been able to play with, but you know, he's also injuries as well. Oh, horrible. You know, like between that and the fact that he's had his own injuries and stuff, it's just like, I don't know, man. Like when are we going to see it from this guy? I'm hoping that Russell Wilson coming to town is going to be us seeing it from that guy. So as far as a route running perspective, Jerry Judy is akin. He's in that same echelon of route running as Devontae Adams. And you can see it on tape. Those those jet sweep motions that they use to get Adams open in the flat in the red zone, they're impossible to stop if you have the right guy who can make those quick cuts. Jerry Judy makes those quick cuts in his sleep. And he's very, very similar stylistically to Devontae Adams. And all those Russell Wilson to uh, Tyler Lockett comps come from that old, terrible Pete Carroll bullshit offense that they ran for so many years in Seattle where they <laughs> – did the same thing over and over again for all 10 years Russell Wilson was there. They never gave him those option route options. We're talking about a, a Nathaniel Hack who comes from that LaFleur system where everything is an option route for that X receiver that's running all over the formation. That's going to be Jerry Judy in that Devontae Adams role with Russell Wilson, one of the most accurate passers in the game who throws a pretty deep ball and we're going to see we're going to see Jerry Judy completely go bonkers this year. He's going to be a wide receiver one in 22 very very easily because of the the way the system sets up, his skill set lines up with it and no, none of the issues that Jerry Judy has had over his first two NFL seasons had anything to do with Jerry Judy. Period. Uh, yeah, and I I know especially last year that ankle injury just uh, so many guys have been having, you know, just major problems on the uh, with ankles. You so, try, you try to run or cut on a high ankle sprain at any point, even when you're fully recovered from it, it still hurts and it still sends you messages. And so, him having a healthy start to the season will be pivotal because if he's healthy, then this offense with that quarterback, with everybody else around him taking away coverage, that's going to be a scary team because their defense is already stout. And very, very, very solid chance that Von Miller signs back with them. True. I can hardly, I can hardly wait for some of those AFC West showdowns. By the way, Herms love the love the accent on the E. So <laughs> of course, yeah, we gotta, gotta keep it festive. <laughs> you were gonna, I, I, me, me, my friend. You were gonna, you were, gonna, you were about to, you, you were about to grace us with a great thought. Oh, this is well. I, mean, I, I like to keep it that way. It's 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 nice to just have the little accent. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. You know what I mean? Got to got to keep it a little. Got to keep it a little spicy for the viewers. I mean, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Well, you you had some spice today when Carson Wentz got traded to and <laughs> you being in you being in the in the Maryland area, just in the you know right there next to DC. So you had a lot of Commanders fans. I'm, I think uh, so. How much fun did you have at their expense today uh, after that trade? Oh my god, so much fun! <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> I I have so much fun at their expense on a daily basis. Uh, Idiot. Uh, I mean, so like full disclosure. Uh, very very long story short. I mean, like my parents are from the, around the Pittsburgh area. I was like born in the Steelers fandom, but I chose the Washington Commanders as my NFC team just as a kid because I was like, I don't know, I live here, it's kind of fun, whatever. I left that behind a long time ago, and good riddance. And it's because of stuff like this. <laughs> because it's like, 
I remember like at the beginning of the offseason, I've said it on multiple shows. I told multiple people, like I'm sure I even brought it up in, you know, some group chats that we're in and stuff. It's just like, watch the commanders just do the most commanders thing possible. Cause it's just like, Oh, I wonder what their quarterback market's going to be like. Okay. So I'm always like, okay, take what the good idea is and knock it down like three pegs. That's probably what they're going to do. <laughs> and like, I, I and they're going to spend the same as the good idea was. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, and like, Hey, what do you know? I'm batting a thousand on these. Okay. So like, here we go. And like, I, and I remember I distinctly had this conversation with my boss on, I think two or three separate occasions. And he said, what I really don't want to happen is for them to go out and get Carson Wentz or something. <laughs> and I'm really disappointed because, I mean, like, he had already been gone for the day by the time the news broke. And I was just like, if he had been there. If he had been there, I just wanted to see the look on his face. But, like, yeah, I mean, that franchise is god-awful for a reason. I'm so, I'm so glad that I left it behind. And I regret nothing. So, garbage. there you go. Good Absolute job. Garbage. Enjoy, Commanders fans, if you can. <laughs> They they literally gave up all those picks to get a guy that they if that if that deal didn't go through they were absolutely going to just cut him. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And, and, the, and, money. and it's it's even sadder for the Colts who gave up a first and a third to get the guy in the damn first place. So oh, this is a huge god. L for both franchises on a trade where I kid you not the odds for the commanders to win the Super Bowl did not change as a result of this trade. Oh, and their wow. their quarterback is Taylor Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick officially right now. And Heineke, we've seen play. Fitzpatrick coming off a serious hip injury. We don't know if he's going to stay in the NFL or retire. And they acquire Carson Wentz, who, let's just say he's a streaky player. He's either moderately good or he's the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. There's no in-between. and him being acquired for multiple picks to the Washington Commanders did not move the needle even a tick. Although in his defense, he has experience <laughs> failing in the NFC East already. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying that could be a really nice prerequisite. And courtesy of Field Yates, who discovered that not only does Wentz get to play the Eagles twice this year, but they're going to Indianapolis this year. Oh! It's yeah. Yeah. All right. This, oh, this is good. This is oh, good. Man. All right. When I mean, but when you look, I mean, is there any hope for Terry McLaurin, who's been kind of like a fantasy football darling? I mean, man, dude, and like you know, it, like I watch more of their games than I care to admit. I mean, it's on TV, okay? What what am I gonna do? But I mean, this dude, he's made about as as like the best he can out of this situation as possible. You know what I mean? I feel like. There are people that, you know, will, like, criticize Terry McLaurin. just like, well, he hasn't lived up to the, you know, like, the hype that we had for. And I'm just like, guys, like, watch him play. It's <laughs> not his fault. It's not his fault. I see them every single Sunday doing stuff. And, like, a few times a game, at least, I'm always just like, what? McLaurin was wide. What are you doing? And I'm just, you know, it's not, he can't throw himself. He's not Marcus Mariotti. He can't throw himself the ball. Okay. <laughs> this is not something that he can do. So like, I mean, she, you know, I just, at the same time though, know, Herms, at the same time, Carson Wentz is easily the best quarterback Terry McLaurin's ever had. Oh yes. Oh. The bar is very low, but it's very true. Very low bar. And if we know anything about Carson Wentz is he throws one of the best deep balls in the NFL. We don't know if it's going into triple coverage or not, but if you got an open receiver like Terry McLaurin, if his caliber, uh, Carson Wentz is going to throw bombs. Like the dude's got a strong arm. He's very accurate down the field. 
he might if if McLaurin's not open, he's going to double pump it like fourteen times before chucking it into that triple coverage. But Car- Terry McLaurin is a guy that can get open deep. He runs a four three forty. He still does. He made Taylor Heineke look decent for a while. Uh, Terry McLaurin with a guy with, the, with that has downfield ability like Carson Wentz that could be a boomer bust like a weekly threat to be a wide receiver one. So no, I don't like how this affects Terry McLaurin's floor for sure. I still like him as a best ball option or or somebody I I can put in a flex just because I don't want to miss out when he takes a dump, you know. Yeah, it looks I mean it looks like McLaurin could actually be a bargain. You know, I think his ADP will kind of take a little bit oh, of a it's hit. Plummeting right now. It is we're we're talking if if a guy is meme worthy for him just being like this like every time the the commanders make a quarterback move, uh his value is just dropping like a rock right now. So yeah, you want to buy all of that right now. You want like the other 28 year old receiver in the same ilk as Calvin Ridley and he's out for good. And we have, we have Terry McLaurin in that same exact boat, except he's still on the field and he just got a quarterback upgrade for his style of play. So I don't see how there's a dis, such a big disconnect where his value is plummeting when his situation actually kind of got better. Yeah, I'd like to. He's a guy that I'm going to keep an eye on because I think, you know, I think it's his fourth year. And some of the, I think some people are going to overhype some of the receivers that are in their second or third year kind of coming up. And yeah, I think he, he, he could end up being a bargain for us. So fingers crossed on that one. So, uh, and you mentioned Calvin Ridley. Uh, there's already been a lot of talk about that one. I don't think we need to add to it. He's uh, suspended for a year. So, you know, it's, it's, un, uh, it's unfortunate. I think, I think, uh, and I think he's becoming a, uh, an example for others. Um, and, uh, you know, that they can't, they just can't have gambling in the NFL, even if you're taking time away from the, the game. So how that's one of the stupidest bonehead choices you can make is they, I know they're on those players hardcore about that stuff, especially with all the partnerships. Like everybody's saying, Oh, the partnerships, the partnerships, they're, they're really encouraging gambling. It's like, yeah, but with all those partnerships, they have everybody in their ear as players. The agents are in their ear, their player, the, the coaches are in their ears. Don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not what we do. Don't gamble. It. I know it's out there, but this is the one thing you cannot do. And what does he do? The one thing you're not supposed to do. Whether it's right or wrong, it's against the rules, and these players get just – it's drilled into their head every single day they're at practice or a game. Don't gamble. Don't use the apps. Don't do anything. And unfortunately – there's going to be more of these that pop up because people are going to think they can game the system. They can get away with anything if they do it a certain way and they're going to get caught because if you remember, if you read into the story of how he got caught is because he used his own name for the account. And when he registered for that and he placed his bets, FanDuel reports to another company that reports to the NFL for compliance because they, it's a conflict of interest to have NFL players betting on there so the nfl has a watchdog company that gets that notifies them when something like this happens so the player the players basically as soon as they make that bet they're already done like there's a paper trail there's everything you're gonna get caught so it's it's just a really stupid decision for somebody who's already been out of the game for a year uh, with with whatever he was going through, it's just going to be it's going to be another year of not enjoying his talent, which is just unfortunate. 
Yeah. Uh, Herms, you got anything you want to add? I mean, the only thing about the situation that I really want to add is uh, something I have been disappointed seeing from people where it's just like, oh, so I guess these are his mental health issues. Uh, just using it as an excuse to invalidate uh, whatever it was that he was going through. So it's just like, oh, like if you're one of those people out there, first of all, stop. Second of all, uh, when somebody says they're struggling, believe them. And yeah. uh, after that, I, I don't know. It's, it sucks. I mean, you know, but I mean, he knew what the rules were. You know, it's and I've heard and I've heard the rumors about what he was out for, and it was every bit justified, every bit justified. Um, so just lay off the dude. He made a stupid decision yeah. and it was not related. We're talking completely two separate issues here that you just I mean, that's just the lazy way that people do it is to pile on and combine the two issues that the guy's going through. Because people like they, will look for any reason to invalidate someone's struggles. Yes. They will look, and I hate that. Oh. I hate that so much. And if you are those people, stop. Yes, please. Por favor. Por favor. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Familia is, is uh, I think you guys have all seen uh, from, from his, when, I don't think there's a bigger mental health advocate than Herms. So please, please he's listen. The listen to, yeah, he's, he's the man. man. He's the man. I'm the man. Uh, Listen to his voice. Yeah, listen to his voice when it comes to you know taking care of your mentals. So, uh, chicken. Muchas, muy, muy cierto, muy cierto. Well, okay, we we teased it at the beginning. Yeah. NFL com combine. Uh, I, I I figured you know I put together a, a list of players and I kind of want to go through kind of who we all liked from this one. Uh, you know the quarterbacks. They, uh, you know, Bo, you talked about the fact that it's not a sexy class. Um, maybe there is going to be a, a starter coming out of there. Maybe this, maybe the starter is in year two or something like that. Who knows? This could be the, the Patrick Mahomes, the Deshaun Watson class that neither one started. It's not, I know. I was, <laughs> I was trying to raise the bar up a little bit that one, but no, uh, start with you, Bo. What, who, who did you really, who, who was it that you liked coming out of this one? So entering the combine, I like Sam Howell the best because he exhibits the best uh, arm strength, arm talent, big throw capability that the NFL teams are looking for. This is an offensive passing driven league that's looking for matchup advantages. And Sam Howell has the big arm that most of these other guys really don't have. And he's got a quick release. He makes he has the best downfield touch. He makes those second and third level throws and those boundary throws that most of these other guys are either too reluctant to make or just can't make uh that being said he wasn't that impressive at the combine he made some of those good throws but at at times you still you start to see the knocks that everybody's had on him where he's indecisive or he doesn't trust his line because he had a year plus a senior bowl where that nobody blocked for him and he had no weapons to throw to so he's gonna have to get coached out of that antsy pants happy feet that he gets in the pocket and that leads him to erratic throws at the first and second level. Uh, you can't just throw a bunch of deep balls in the NFL. It's, that, that doesn't work. That You can't just be Jeff George all over again. That's just not how it works. Um, but Malik Willis really impresses me because the dude, everybody says, oh, he's got such a strong arm. Oh, he's so mobile. The dude is an absolute leader. And we're talking about a guy who gave away his clothes to a homeless person, his sponsored merch. He opened a suitcase, gave them to a homeless person before the combine even started. He's like, my, my suitcase is full. This person's cold. I'm going to help him out. 
And that kind of leadership and everybody who was in attendance there said he commanded the podium. Everybody loved his charm and charisma. He's just a nice guy. And he commands presence. Like he's just respected as a default. He's that kind of person. He's, people are magnetized to him. And then you add his physical traits in and you're talking about a future. Uh, the upside with him is completely unlimited. He has no ceiling that you can find. He's going to have that upside built in based on the kind of player he is. Uh, whether or not he realizes that will come down to landing spot and coaching. But uh, the real winner of the combine for me was Desmond Ritter because I had tons of questions about him. He was the most erratic and inconsistent passer of the bunch coming in, but he looked really good. He's really athletic. He's another born leader who people love in the in the locker room, who love in the huddle. He's he's the kind of guy that can be good in the league despite having a lot of flaws. Herms, what did you think of when when you saw him outrun some running backs and receivers in the 40? I mean at 4.52. I mean Ritter's athleticism is something he has always had going for him, but I mean, obviously, now that it's like officially measured, it's like, whoa, what the, whoa, did this guy, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and you know, and I worry that I don't know. I I hope this doesn't like hype him up so far that he climbs and climbs and climbs a draft board because I mean, like, for as much as you know, and everything Bo said, like, he seems like a great guy, like absolute, like totally dope dude. It seems everybody really likes playing with them and everything, but like I've seen the hype, st like it hasn't gone fully out of control, but it's like starting to like creep out of the hype train station. I'm like, no, 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 don't do it, because he still has a lot of things that I, I. There's a reason that coming into this, he was thought of the way that he was. The fact that we have certain things measured now helps. It certainly does, but I mean, ugh, I don't, I don't know, man. What, the only thing I do know is that whatever team he goes to, whether or not he ends up, you know, being a starter long term or not, is that everyone's gonna love him. And anytime you have a guy like that in your locker room, it's good. It's always good to have those, you know. And like I don't, I, you wouldn't shock me if this is one of those things where even worst case scenario, all he does is find a way to carry a clipboard for a decade, make some money, do his thing, and transition to a coaching staff someday. I don't know. Like, he kind of has that personality about him. Wouldn't stun me. So it's like, honest to God, even if that is the worst-case scenario, I don't think it's that bad of an idea to invest in Ritter. But that's obviously way down the line. As far as right now, I mean, sheesh. I just, impressive, but like I said, really hope that the hype doesn't get so far. It, we don't want it to get too far. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how many first-round uh, many first round quarterbacks could go in this one? I think, the, I think there's an over-under at three and a half. What's the real question here is how many should and how many will. How many should and I, I think we know so how many should. How many, how many should? Two. I think I think uh, Willis and Howell for me are the most likely first-round picks that I would pick if I was – like I, I posted my mock draft from PFF uh, last week where I only had two quarterbacks taken in the first round, Malik Willis at 11 to Washington, and then Sam Howell at 32 to Detroit. Um, that's 
those are the two that I felt like in that position. If I was picking those, that's where I would take those quarterbacks. Detroit, obviously in dire need of quarterback because Jared Goff is not their answer. And then of course, Washington <laughs> obviously needs a quarterback, <laughs> even with the wins trade, didn't even move the needle for them. They, they're just, they're up shit Creek without a paddle. Um, but I think there's probably going to be four. I could see that. I could see that. How about you, Herms? You it probably probably for that i mean like whether we like it or not it's just one of those things that teams do especially because you know like the fifth year is kind of a good year to have just in case this works out you have yourself that fifth year of the contract by taking them in the first round baker, so, mayfield. baker mayfield there you go See that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean like so, yeah, probably, something in my throat tastes terrible <laughs> So I get I get, I got a question. I'm going to start with terms on this one. Matt, you, you're a big Matt Corral fan. Did he help himself by not working out? Get because he's getting over that uh, his injury from the bowl game. The fact that we haven't seen him does continue to help him in a way, but in another sense, it's. I, the fact that it heightens the importance of his pro day so much. Yeah is a bit of a negative because at that point he's got to be sitting there thinking, Oh God, Oh God, oh my God, oh, this matters so much. So, I mean, like the psychological aspect, like that has to weigh on a young man, a bunch, whether or not, like, even if he had participated in everything, I'm sure the pro day is still going to be stressful for the other guys that got to do all this stuff, but specifically for him, it's like, yes, like the, everybody likes unknown you know what I mean? Especially because it's like, oh, well, the quarterback we have is bad, but what about the quarterback <laughs> that could be? Oh, what could be? Everybody loves what could be. But this is the this is the opposite of the running back position, too. Because we saw we, I mean, the quarterbacks that didn't work out did themselves a favor here uh because of that mystery aspect. But the running backs that didn't work out, they they're because of how well those groups oh. did, like wide receivers and running backs that didn't work out. They got they, it costed them because the whole Ooh, class yes. went off. Like we're talking about the fastest classes in the history of the combine <laughs> and working out better than any other class before them. That really hurt the guys that chose not to do it. And Bo, you wrote about uh, how Malik Willis uh, that that long bomb. I think it was to Olave, just kind of set Twitter a buzz. Uh, you know, it just went everybody. It went everybody nuts. Him and Carson throw. Strong. Yeah, him and Carson Strong had two of the best throw, best long bombs uh, in there. I mean, just from that, does that? I mean, really, does that just discount like a forty yard time? You know, a great forty yard time or anything like that? I mean, between that and his great Senior Bowl, maybe for fantasy players, but for NFL scouts, it didn't do anything. It did. That's, yeah. that's a non thing for like. Oh yeah, we've seen this on tape. Oh, I'm glad he did it here too. That's about what you get out of these NFL scouts because they're they're just there to confirm what they already saw on tape. They're not going to put too much stock in the in the combine unless your name is Al Davis. They're not going to put too much stock in the combine results, and they're not going to be doing the same overreactions that we are in, on fantasy Twitter, where everything moves the needle all the time. The, the The slightest breath of wind can change somebody's value in Dynasty. So we're uh, we're a very rambunctious bunch, uh, adjusting to every little piece of news we come across. But these scouts and these coaches, they really don't care. They're going to see that pass and be like. Damn, that's a nice pass, Malik. Great job. That's all they're going to get. They're like, all right, check that box. He still got the deep ball he had a few weeks ago. 
<laughs> That's in shorts and a t-shirt. Let's see him do it in pads. Go ahead, Nerves. I do want to pick up something that Bo said and just like really just like put it into a megaphone. The executives are using the combine to confirm what they already saw, to confirm what they already know. Fantasy people out there, you should probably do some of this research and watch some of this tape before the combine so that you can confirm what you already know. Uh, that like I I really really want to hammer that home to people like whatever your process is like good for you do your thing I guess but yeah. like you really need to have a picture of these guys before it's like oh this measurement of time says this guy's really fast yells are great like I mean but if you yeah. had done that you would have we already knew they were fast yeah. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> there were I mean there were a few surprises for sure but more often than not I was just like. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. It's like, all right, good. Like, you know. Right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Well, let's go to the running backs. Uh, oh, definitely God. some guys who opened some eyes. Uh, oh, Herms. I think I know. I I know what the, oh, no. that that. Okay, oh. go ahead. That he was maybe one of the big fallers. Talk. Let Let's start there. Let's start there. My sweet prince. Oh, Kyron Williams. Oh no. This, I know. Man. Dude, I mean, pouring out a cold one for him. When I saw, when I watched him, I was like, "Bye, bye, Kyron." <laughs> oh my god, I know. You know, just like his film speed did not match that forty, but it's just like I can't argue with it. I don't know. It's just like okay, so we, you know, like I had kind of hoped that maybe he could blossom into like perhaps like an Austin Eckler or something like that. Now it's probably a little more realistic that he slightly older Gio Bernard. Good player, usable, will still be drafted at some point. Sure, might see the field, especially because his 40 time doesn't change pass protection. His 40 time doesn't change his receiving ability. He still right. will be able to do stuff at the NFL level. But oh, yeah. the ceiling or whatever, like this is the only player where something like a 40 time or whatever did influence my opinion just because what I, how fast I thought he was and how fast he really is, that delta in between yeah. was just like, okay, I have to adjust for that. But can I take another victory lap? Because I said he looked super slow on tape and I made a joke. I was joking. I thought he was more of a four, low, like four or five, five guy. And because I, I was looking at him, I was like, yeah, he's really quick. He's really elusive. Uh, he doesn't run tough. He's under 200 pounds guaranteed. Like he was, he could have gone there wearing 14 jackets and, and been under 200 pounds, which is, that's the reason why this 40 time matters because the 40 time doesn't matter if he weighs 215 pounds with at 194, they're like, Oh crap. We already, we just weighed this guy's the first thing we did measured his hands. He got small hands. Nobody cares for running backs. Here you go. Okay. 194. Oh crap. He better run fast because at that size in the NFL, you're not going to get the same opportunities as a bigger back. And especially if you don't have any really redeeming physical traits, which he definitely does not have. His athleticism is below average and his size is below average. So even with desirable traits like great hands, great route running and quickness within within the his scope of duties at Notre Dame, where he picked up a lot of blocks on the on on blitz coverage. None of that matters if you can't see the field because your coaches say, hey, I got 15 of these guys on my practice squad that do the same thing. Oh, man. Well, let's talk about the guys who 
uh, some guys who really helped themselves. I mean, there were a lot of great, a lot of really fast times. Uh, Pierre Strong and Isaiah Pacheco uh, both clocked in at four point three seven on the. Uh, you know, they were flying, but right behind them was Brees Hall. Uh, he was one of the guys, and I, and I think Bo, you you put you put him on your uh, uh, on your your. Uh, I think you gave him your your top running back performance at the at the combine. Yeah, overall, um, yeah. You know, four point three nine. I I know you mentioned Kenneth Walker. We'll talk about him in a second. But um, yeah, the vertical forty inches. That's like NBA player. Uh, you know, you got a ten six on the broad jump. I mean, just showed showed a lot of power, a lot of speed. How, you know, we talked about confirmation. How much did this solidify that you know maybe he's a faster, more powerful David Montgomery? coming from the same same school and well, I mean, that is guy. the comp i gave him was hey he's saquon and jt without that extra gear well apparently he's that extra gear too that's what i didn't see in his tape was the long speed and i'm not saying 40 yards is long speed because it's not it's just a, it's a certain length that everybody runs and you take it for what it is but in 40 yards, he's really fast. In 60 yards, I think he's a tick slower than Saquon or JT, but he's got that same big build. He's got the same elusiveness. He's got the same vision. He has all the tools in the toolbox as those superstar running backs, and he's got all the things that David Montgomery has, but he's got way more burst than David Montgomery coming out of Iowa State. Um, but what happened with Brees Hall is it confirmed what he already had. We, we knew Brees Hall had all these plus a little bit more speed than we expected. What we got from Kenneth Walker was an upgrade because Kenneth Walker mm. needed to prove two things. He needed to prove that he had better long speed because he was a little bit smaller than Hall and Spiller. And so he showed it. He ran a 4.38. That's amazing. I was thinking he's a 4.49 guy, which is adequate, but not special. We're not saying, hey, Kenneth Walker's special. Now we're saying that because not only did he show that he's got great speed, he also showed that he can catch the ball and Michigan state's pass offense was absolutely dreadful. They had no design plays for running backs to run routes. The only catches he had were every three weeks, he would get a check down when his quarterback freaked out and he would catch it with his body because he, he put, when you, when you, when you have to roll out of bed at once a month and catch one pass in a game, you're not going to think about your hands and he caught it with his body. So I needed to see him, run some actual running back routes and use his hands to catch the ball. He did both of those things. So Kenneth Walker does that leapfrog over Isaiah Spiller as the running back two in this class. Um, but all three of these guys have potential Spiller hurt his stock the most by not running and also jumping at a very low rate. It's a very bottom of the class in broad jump and vertical jump, which is a big red flag because that measures your lower body explosiveness, which seems pretty important for a running back. Yeah. Well, Herms, you, you, you started off with, uh, you know, the Kyron, Kyron Williams crying, crying game. Uh, what, you know, these guys or any other guys that really jumped out at you as for the, for coming up? I mean, the other guy besides Kyron Williams that I really have liked in this process is, uh, someone you mentioned Pierre strong. I mean, like, honestly, mm. dude, like, yo, him testing out like that, I mean, like, yeah, we all have our opinions, well, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, because I think there are a lot of concerns about the competition level that he played at, you know, because I mean, like North Dakota State, not exactly like you know, cream right. of the crop, whatever, but you know, first of all, Nick, team nickname the Jackrabbits, super cool. South, Second South, of all, South Dakota State, 
I always get it confused. I always get it confused. One of the whichever one's the Jackrabbits, because the Jackrabbits is a cool name. And like, you know, like obviously it was a little hard for me to, you know, like find tape on him, but like anytime I did, I was just like, I, I swear to God, I hope this guy's fast because if he is, this all looks great. <laughs> this all looks great. And we found out that he is that fast. So it's just like that confirmed a lot. It's like I don't know that, like, so don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, oh, we unlocked the secret superstar. No, that, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. But he did well enough to work his way into a position that he could probably be an effective piece of a committee back. Well, I mean, all backfields are committees for the most part. You know what I mean? But, like, he could find himself some fantasy viability. I think, you know, like, you know, your dynasty managers out there, you know, looking, depending, we'll see what his ADP ends up being in rookie drafts, but, I mean, like, yeah, the ceiling's not, like, obscenely high or anything, but, I mean, like, he could – nice flex territory. You know what I mean? I think Pierre Strong is somebody that I really like in that regard, but also I just want to echo, like, dude, Brees Hall. <laughs> Brees yeah. Hall, dude. Dude, I mean – What an I, animal. What like, an animal. Just, oh, my gosh. You know, and I, I, I do want to say to people – that you know kind of I, I feel like people got like a little bored with Brees Hall maybe just because like for so long he has been the name you know it was just like ah Brees Hall this Brees Hall that and I think people just by nature since he was a freshman since yeah. he was a freshman they're like I can't wait till this guy gets to the league yeah. and it's the same thing happened to Kayvon Thibodeau it's like he's been the guy the top guy that everybody's waiting to hit the league for so long that you're like, oh, we don't want to give LeBron any more MVP awards. <laughs> yeah, like there, there's something about just like that fatigue from, you know, like I don't know what it is, but people will find ways to justify like, oh, we'll pick another guy because it's more interesting now. But it's just like, okay, sorry, it's not interesting for you anymore. Sorry, but like, clearly, sorry the guy scored 56 touchdowns in three seasons. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> yo, like, and, and, and I understand like David Montgomery, you know, like it's the low-hanging fruit, you know, same school, all that. This dude is not David Montgomery, man. He is better than David Montgomery. <laughs> this guy, yo. You strap, yo! You strap a jet, yeah. Strap a jetpack on Monty, and we'll see what it, we'll see what the matchup. Brees Hall, RB one in the class, just like should have been the whole time. A lot of people who didn't get tired of it kept him there. If you don't know, now you know, Ninja. <laughs> Boom! Like you just gotta, you, you gotta accept it at this point. If you're not one of those people, just accept it. Accept it. It's, it's, it's before fact. we leave before we leave i wanted to not uh throw out two guys uh james cook and damian pierce uh cook small but Ooh. ran well Who's damian pierce uh did not run you know ran four five nine but still five. i think he showed I, th I think he showed enough both pierce of them this is a load dude him at four five nine is terrifying that guy's gonna hurt somebody that's oh a business God. decision running back and he <laughs> runs hard he's a great blocker too so yeah, oh he, yes, he had he has the size and the pass blocking that Kyron Williams really wishes he had, and then of course James Cook has the speed and elusiveness with the receiving package that Kyron Williams wishes he had. Those are the guys that we now know, along with Zamir White, who ran a four four yeah, flat dude. after two ACLs. We're talking about a guy who is a premium athlete, former track athlete, uh, and he's healthy. And if you have a healthy Zamir White. Both of these Georgia boys are going to be big forces in the league. This is going to be a fun class of running backs, very deep, a lot deeper than people gave it credit for. And no, I'm not including Kyron Williams in this deep class because he's dead. And like, <sighs> you know, and the crazy thing about those guys you mentioned, because it's just like Zamir White, the cream of the crop from his high school recruiting class. A lot of people forget that. 
James Cook, uh, his brother. I don't know. You ever heard of him? Dalvin, okay. pretty good. Okay. I don't know. Doing all right. And then also, you know, like Damian Pierce, and I've seen a lot of people just like, oh, well, I don't know, man. You know, if he was a really, it was like, why didn't he get more work in college? It's like, okay, first of all, Florida's just weird with their running backs. They like to just distribute that in a very strange fashion. It never made sense. And they started Kyle Trask at quarterback, so yeah, they're not I mean, that like, smart. Yeah, it's just, so just like, it just all all those things rolled in the way. And also, like, in the other part of it is just like, okay, whatever criticism you want to use for it, just like, oh, well, he didn't get a majority of the work at Florida, fine. Fine, but that also means... Like, he has less wear and tear. So how is that a bad thing? Please explain that. You know what I mean? Like, okay, fine, fine, whatever. But, like, some of these dudes that come into the league already just, like, just, you know, hits on hits on hits piled up on their body. Like, I'll take a guy that got a little underused. Fine. That means more hits for him to sustain at the NFL level. Cool. I don't know. Your body's going to break down eventually. But, like, the fury hits you took in college. Like, I'd rather have the guy that didn't get a lot of carries with the way he runs the football. He runs angry. In my notes, I'm pretty sure, like, I mean, I have a certain archetype of running backs where just, like, uh, they're the bowling ball. You know what I mean? They're just going to go through just, you know, like, he's a bowling ball. I love that kid, dude. I swear, man. They're all going to be good, but Damian Pierce, look out. Look out, folks. Look out. And I I think with free agency, I think there's going to be at least uh, uh, probably about half the teams in the NFL are going to add, you know, either a free agent or draft a running back. And I mean, maybe to be a part of a tandem or something like that, but I think there's going to be a lot of guys who are, we're going to be drafting and redrafted and even the, and even on the dynasty side. Well, you know, the position that is really sexy to the dynasty, especially the dynasty players, the wide receivers, and this is like the fourth year in a row that it appears that it's an, a, a talented wave of receivers and Daniel Jeremiah moved the sticks and NFL network. He's talked a lot about the fact that just get used to it because there's just going to be waves and waves and waves. I saw a PFF mock draft with five wide receivers going in the first round. A fantasy pros one had seven. So, and, and I think there's going to be close to that many in the, in the second round. So this position is so crucial. The wide receivers, Tyquan Thornton with a uh, Baylor ran the fastest 40 at the, of all the wide receivers at 4.28. Kyle Kalen Barnes, his teammate, uh, the cornerback ran the fastest of the combine and just missed just John Ross. He ran a 4.23 to 0.01 behind Ross, but, uh, and you had a, a vertical from Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati at 40.5. Oh man. These guys, guy. these guys, Herms, I mean, lead, lead us off. Who really confirmed things to you in this one? I mean, geez, like, honestly, like I, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to just pick one of these guys. Cause like they all did so well, man. But I mean, like, a guy that I really liked in the last draft cycle who decided to come back, um, Chris Olave from Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like, he is somebody that I felt like if he had declared and entered last year's draft, he would have done just fine. You know, and I mean, like, he's still fast. He's still really good. And I want people to remember, like, I know, like, this is a fairly commonly known fact, but, you know, in case you didn't know, your old pal Professor Herm's here to tell you. Uh Everybody remember Jamison Williams, uh, Alabama guy. You know how fast he was doing his whole thing? Uh, the reason he had to go to Alabama <laughs> is because he couldn't find playing time at Ohio State with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and also next year's wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba. T- t- 
keep that name. Just write that down. Oh yeah, like, watch I mean, the Rose Bowl. <laughs> watch oh, the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and so it's like you know the fact that somebody else in the class, and Marvin Harrison Jr. and oh yeah, oh my god, dude, I swear, you know, and I got, I, I got, I got a couple of those guys on a Debbie team. I mean, Ohio oh. State receivers, wow. But like you know, it's one of those things like, and we didn't see Jamison Williams. He's hurt, whatever. But it's just like if you like him, keep in mind. <laughs> He had to leave because of these guys. Chris Olap, dude, I mean, he's a little smaller. I think he really only profiles to be, like, an NFL team's wide receiver, too. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, that's fine. That's fine. Like, I don't expect him to become this alpha in an offense or anything, but he will be such an effective piece for whatever team picks him up to play complement with somebody else that's already in place or, like, I don't know, whatever. Point is, that dude, not going to be, like, one of these like super big high name guys. I don't know if he's going to go in the first round necessarily either, but I love him. I love him. I think he's super good with quality second round pick. I would love to see where he ends up. Yeah. If somebody could, t- if somebody could tell me that he's going to have Robert Woods career of the last five years, you know, the, of the Ram years, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Bo, how about you? Who really, who really stuck out to you? And then I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you both about a guy who, who uh, people are discounting right now. So, I mean, I got my confirmation. My wide receiver one in this class is Garrett Wilson. Uh, you, you talked about Olave. Olave was the third best wide receiver on his team last year, and he was the best wide receiver on his team the year before that. Why was that? Because Garrett Wilson took a leap, and ja- Jackson Smith and Jigba is amazing. Uh, so Chris Olave, a terrifying wide receiver three at Ohio State last year, is going to be a fine pro, but Garrett Wilson's going to be an alpha for years and years and years. And the one question I had about him was his speed. He ran a 4.38. So I think we can close the book on is Garrett Wilson fast? Yes, he is very fast. And then we see his technical ability on the field, incredible hands, incredible footwork, runs all the routes, runs X routes, Y routes, Z routes. The guy is a technician. He's as good as they're as good as it gets as a wide receiver prospect for me. And yeah, he just checks all the boxes for me. And whichever team gets him is going to get an instant wide receiver one. Yeah, I, I, he's a beautiful player. I love I love seeing him on some of the I already have him in my top 15 dynasty wide receivers. So that's that's all across the formation too. Sight, all un, across sight unseen. Garrett Wilson's in my top 15 already. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you guys about Traylon Burks. I mean, it ran four or five, five slower than Desmond Ritter. I, I tweeted out that I'll, I'll still take him. I'll still take him. But yeah. I, I'll, I'll take the discount. I will take the discount. Yeah. See him go, you know, see him, I, I, you know, see him go to Kansas city. Oh my God. Forget about that. But, uh, but yeah, think, I mean, this guy is he, he's definitely one where we throw out the, where we throw things, you know, we throw out the combine, uh, especially the 40 yard dash. I could not care any less what his 40 time is because I see how big he is. I see that at his size, he was able to be effective as a miscast slot receiver, but still a good one, still a good one in Arkansas. Like, I mean, just like, gee, wouldn't you, if you put together just like a composite, you know, profile and then try to find like a comparison for him, like, uh, we all still like AJ Brown, don't we? Huh? Yes. Huh? Huh? Yeah, so, yeah he's pretty good. Yeah, so, I mean, you they're know, about the like, same size. They're about the same yeah, size, right? I mean, they ran, I mean, AJ Brown ran a four or five forty two. 
Yeah, and I I don't remember anybody being super concerned about that. So, and if no, they we were, were, then they were wrong. So, like, yeah, just dude. I mean, I'll let people do whatever they want with that information because it's not going to change my opinion at all. <laughs> like, he's no. good. He's a freak, man. He's so good. <laughs> yeah, let, give me that discount. And I, as soon as he ran the four or five five, I the first thing I tweeted was, "It's time to buy Traylon Burks." Yes. <laughs> Time yes. to buy him right now, right this minute when everybody's going freaking out because he didn't run a 4-3 something. I was like, well, football speed, when I pop in the tape, he ain't getting caught from behind. He's running past corners that are in, in man coverage, zone coverage. It doesn't matter. He's running past them. He's uh, his, his A cell and D cell on those vertical routes is deadly. And he wins all the 50-50 balls because he's got great jump timing. He's got great hand-eye coordination. And he's got massive hands. The guy is an absolute monster, and again, with the it's a matchup-driven passing league. And you're going to tell me that the corners in the in the NFL want to cover this guy? They don't. They're going to he's going to make them look really, really, really bad. Well, another guy who's going to be a matchup problem: Christian Watson, who uh, who <laughs> just be, he kind of came out of there looking like an Avenger on, on that one. <laughs> Bo, you gave him really high marks in your uh, all-combine team column. Diga me. Athletically, he's a freak. I mean, with all the things you say about Traylon Burks at 6'2", 225. Well, Christian Watson's 6'4", 208, and he ran 4'3", which is stupid. He had a 40-inch vertical or 38-and-a-half-inch vertical, which is ridiculous for a guy that size. And then his broad jump was 11-something. The guy's just an athletic marvel. And we saw it from the beginning of practice in Mobile at the Senior Bowl is he's lighting up every corner. It doesn't matter who he's up against. He's beating them down the field. And so, yeah, if you want that one-trick pony vertical route guy, your your next uh, Randy Moss type, he's not as good as Randy Moss. He's not as polished as Randy Moss, but – that kind of 6'4", 205 guy that flies down the field and out jumps everybody. If he can develop his physicality like Randy Moss did, especially in the Patriot days where he doesn't get knocked off by press coverage because we start to see the deficiencies in Christian Watson's game is he's just not polished. He's been facing FCS corners for five years. I'm not, I'm not okay with his route running, but if you put him in that, Hey, uh, you're gonna if you get man coverage, if you beat that man coverage, you're gonna score a touchdown. That's that's his job. They're not gonna ask him to be the ex receiver that runs posts and double moves and all that stuff because that's not his game. But if you run him go routes and corner routes, he's going to knife up every defense out there with a good good enough quarterback. Oh man, Herms, anybody, anybody? Actually, do you have thoughts on him or uh, George Pickens? Uh, yeah, Pickens is such a curious case, man. You yeah. know, because I mean, between the injury concerns and then also things that people have said about, you know, sort of you know red flags with oh, personality yes. and whatnot. You know, like if he does manage to find a way to put it all together, uh, actually, no, let even taking that out of it, just taking all that out of it, straight up, dude's insanely good. The dude is insanely good. One of the most talented receivers in this draft. I'm willing to take that chance on him if I'm a team, just because it's like, look, man, there are all sorts of guys that come in with baggage. And you know why? Because they're human beings. Every human being has baggage. 
And the best way to be able to, especially if it's like a maturity issue or whatever, like the best way to, you know, attack that more often than not is just like empathy and a willingness to coach or willingness to help somebody grow. So, I mean, I think environment is going to have a lot to do with somebody like George Pickens. I mean, if he lands in a, a toxic franchise, then perhaps we never see that come to fruition with him. But I would hope that one of the more stable franchises really looking for receiver help, you know, would take a look at a guy like him and be like, okay, if we could just get this guy to calm down just a little bit and we just get his head in it and we get him to work. I mean, God, this guy. Yeah. I mean, dude, even just like that brief little glimpse of him, we saw in that even if the only thing you saw from him was that one catch in the national championship, if that's the only thing you've ever seen, Fine. That's all you need. To <laughs> like, yeah, that was sick. This is what he can do. That's that's all you can see. This is what he can do. Yeah, I mean, just I, I'm, I'm personally. He's a lot like Christian Watson. He really is, and yeah. he's more, he's much more polished than Christian Watson. Uh, but he does have those injury concerns and injury history. However, I mean, we're talking about another six four guy or six three guy with verticality. These NFL teams are always trying to push the envelope and stretch the safeties deeper and deeper so they can attack the seam. And guess what? If you put a guy like Pickens at an X receiver position and run all those vertical routes, it puts stress on the safeties like no other. And even if he's not getting the targets, he's doing work. He's making things easier for his quarterback. He's making things tougher for the defensive coordinator because they got to figure out a way to eliminate all that space. And guess what? The only way to eliminate that space is to leave him open and that's not going to cut it. Oh man. Well, two guys, you know, two guys didn't work out because of injuries, Drake London and Jameson Williams. So, I mean, we talked about Williams uh, a little bit, Uh, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, I mean, they're both probably going to be first round picks. Uh, more than likely London will work. I'm sure he's going to work out with USC. So, uh, you know, he'll, he'll show that he's a freaky athlete like that. I mean, anybody who's seen him do that 540 dunk, uh, in, oh, in, yeah. in, in, in at USC was pretty, uh, was pretty ridiculous when you, uh, w- with those guys, could there be a dip, you know, in, in rookie dynasty drafts? Or, I hope so. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that that would be pretty cool. I mean, like, I think perhaps a little bit more so with Jamison Williams than Drake London, because I mean, like, big Drizzy, like people people love that dude. You know what I mean? He's he's out here just doing big baller stuff, especially because like, you know, a lot uh, it, it, a lot is made of you know like you know tight ends that have you know like a basketball background and like you know there is a correlation between like the benefits that playing that sport and also playing football. You know, like it, it's there. And, you know, like you see it in his game or whatever. Like, X receiver, just go up, get it. Mm, yeah, he can do that. I think the player of the two of them that would end up getting the discount the most would probably be Jamison Williams because he does have that reputation of just like, ah, he's just he's just a burner. He's just a burner. And that may very well be true. I have very mixed feelings on Jamison Williams to the point where, like, I, I'm not even going to offer analysis because I'm still figuring out how I feel about him. But, like, <laughs> I mean, it's the fact that, you know, yes, they're both hurts, but the injury directly affects the skill set of one of them more than it does the other. So by virtue of that alone, 
the discount would probably come more from Jameson than Big Drizzy. But shout out Big Drizzy, that dude out here just doing big baller stuff. Big fan of that guy. He's he's super cool. He's kind of I hate I hate USC with a passion. Like it's the most it's the thing I hate the most besides the Dodgers. Sorry, Jorge. <laughs> Sorry, Jorge, but I hate the LA Dodgers first, and I hate the SC Trojans second, and I still love me some Drake London because that dude's an absolute animal. Uh, anytime you get a receiver who you're, I mean, you're every time he makes a big play where he mosses somebody in the NFL, you're going to hear the announcer talk about his basketball background. It's, it's inevitable. It's now here's nause- <laughs> Yeah. It's an, it's going to be nauseating. We're going to hate it, but get ready for it because it's coming and he's going to make a lot of those plays because guess what? Most, most the average corner is five foot, 10 and a half. And this dude's pushing six, four. And he has got probably if he had worked out at the combine, we're talking a 43, 44 inch vertical, which would have easily won the combine for that. So we're talking about a guy whose catch radius is unmatched in this class. Uh, yeah. Good luck covering that guy on any route where he's basically going to be a bully in the air. Oh man. Well, Bo, I'll, I will tell you, you and I are uh, in lockstep in, uh, cause I'm a UCLA diehard. So I, you know, my two favorite football team, my two favorite college football teams are UCLA and whoever's playing USC. So, uh, but again, I, I love great football. So I, I also think they're, they're more interesting when the, it's more interesting when they're good. So hopefully they beat them when they're good, but, um, mis amigos, this was awesome. This actually just flew by. I can't believe we're at an hour and 12 minutes right now, but, uh, please let's, uh, let's close up shop Herms. Uh, I, uh, one thing that we forgot to uh, call out your divisional series is has been par excellence. Uh, you know, everybody, please make sure you're following that. Uh, tell us everybody where they can find you. You can follow me on Twitter at Herms NFL. I am a host of my podcast, The Lateral. Uh, you can find that on Twitter at The Lateral FF. And we also have the show out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please check it out. Uh, like Jorge mentioned, I've been going through. I've been having a bunch of buddies on and just going through every single division, just going through because, you know, like, hey, draft season, obviously, that's what we're talking about. That's coming up. Free agency, that's coming up. What better way to just, you know, cleanse the palate, get your mind fresh, go back. And we always ask, you know, what went well for every single team last year? What went poorly? And what are some things that need to change? What are some things we're looking for? It'll kind of help, you know, just get your mindset right there. So, like I said, you know, check it out at the lateral FF on Twitter. I'm at Herms NFL on Twitter and everything else I do is over at fantasy pros. So <laughs> awesome. And Bo, everybody, please make sure you're, fo- you're, you're checking out Bo's great work on, uh, on the combat pre and post. Oh, oh, the, oh, by the way, six K six K followers. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh dude. Nice. Yes. So, uh, 6K. Bo. Yeah, I am Bo. I'm, at Bo underscore McBigTime and Quintrame, Sigame. I have lots of things to say about all sorts of different things, mostly food and football related. Uh, I am the king of spice at Hotbox Batch. So if you want to follow at Hotbox Batch, uh, that's the food account for Big Time Flavor Co., which is my company. And go in bigtimeflavor.co and get yourself the Big Time Flavor Bundle, which is home to Hotbox Gourmet Hot Sauce, as well as four unique seasoning blends. Uh, it's the official punch in the mouth of fantasy football. So if you're into that sort of thing and you like uh, you like food with flavor, uh, check us out. I awesome. bought it and it got here in the mail. I think it was like three weeks ago or something. 
Uh, and Bo is not paying me for this endorsement. I just like I I bought it. I've used it, dude. Oh my lord, yo, the Nashville hot, you know, seasoning or whatever. I put that in some chicken ramen that I did. Just like, ooh, ooh, oh, baby, get that bundle. Seriously, straight up, yo, real good, real good. Pretty awesome. damn decent, at Harms. Awesome, so awesome. Yes, 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 yes. Familia, this is a, a, yeah. I'm so glad I got to be friends with these guys. That they were uh, that they're are great guests for me and that, but yes even better friends off the air uh everybody you can find me at jorge martin 17 uh familyffb.com you're gonna find uh original content on there again fantasy points put in familia 22 otra vez uh and also facebook twitter instagram familia ffb give us a follow and again like us and subscribe to us at youtube and Anchor puts us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your audio podcast. So audio, video, we got you covered because we got fantasy football con sabor latino. Muchas gracias, everybody. And remember, todos somos familia. Salud.